Welcome to the Unlock Your Best Version podcast. Here, we'll inspire each other as extraordinary women to stand stronger, be independent, wiser, smarter, and fun. You'll find tons of inspirations to gain your confidence by being the authentic you, living the life you desire, and getting all the love you deserve. I'm your host, Sylvia Silvers, and let's get started. Hi, Extraordinaries. Uh, today we have a very special entrepreneur woman. She found herself as a single mom living with three small kids, and but she overcome that situation and learned how to live a life with passion. Um, she also believes that she was born with something inside of her that refuses um, to settle for average. And she also believes that Everyone is called for a greater purpose to impact the world. So let's welcome Crystal Peregrim. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me, Sylvia. I am so incredibly excited to be here. Um, I have been so privileged to get to know Sylvia, and you are just incredible and amazing. And thank you so much for doing this. Yes, I actually, um, I want to do this interview a long time ago. I saw Crystal's video about her journey and then I, she made me cry. Oh my God, I forget my tissue. <laughs> and then that's that's the moment that I was thinking like, I have to, I have to interview Crystal because I know that your story will impact, like, you know, will en- encourage a lot of women out there to step up and then be extraordinary. So please share your journey and then like, you know, I really want to know like your mission and then how, how you, you know, come to this, that shape to become who you are today. Oh, I am so incredibly excited and so incredibly thankful to share this because it, um, transformation comes without pain, with, with pain for sure. Um, and, um, you know, and so it's been such a, such a huge journey. And, and, and I want to share not to be like, look at me, but I want to inspire others and change others and inspire them that, you know, we can do hard things um, and we can do big things. Um, and so um, I've actually kind of labeled this, like, you know, like the, if, if you miss this, you know, it, you'll fail in business. Like this is the key transformational piece in, in business and in life. And, um, and, and so I'm so incredibly excited about it. So I'm, I will start with my story. Um, actually, um, if you saw me as a little girl, you'd be like, y- you know, you'd be so shocked because you'd be like, okay, she could never, ever be in business. Like she could never even talk in front of a crowd or, or, or anyway, or anywhere. I was, um, incredibly quiet. I was very much a wallflower. I was, I tried to blend in. I tried to hide. I wasn't overly smart. I couldn't make decisions. Um, and I had an incredibly low self-esteem and, um, and so, um, and so I, you know, I, I remember at like 16, I came across this, this boy and, and he, said all the things to me that I wanted to hear, right? That I was beautiful when I didn't think that I was. And, 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 you know, like, like he made me feel so great. Right. And, and I thought, wow. And so he talked about building business and I thought, well, that's what I want to do. Right. Because one thing that I did say when I was little was that I wanted to be a rich, because I had this dream of even going to this superstore and, and paying for people's groceries and then hiding in the corner and then not knowing who's paying for the groceries and seeing the reactions on people's faces. And I just had this dream of thinking, wouldn't that be just the most incredible feeling in your life is to change people um, and, and to make an impact. And, and I never knew what that was going to look like. And, um, and so I just wanted to be rich, right. And because so I could do that. Um, and so, um, and so that really plays into who I am now, right. Because it starts with a dream. Um, and so, you know, I met this boy, I was 15 years old. Um, my parents were not in favor of the dream and for lack of time, I'm not going to go into huge detail about that unless you want me to Sylvia, cause you heard that part of the story. Um, but he was five years older than I was. 
So I was 15, he was 21. And now that I have a 15 year old daughter, there is no way I would be letting her date a 21 year old. And so it kind of put things into perspective, right? And, but my dad in the whole um, pursuit of, of trying to end this relationship, I jumped on a bus and moved to Winnipeg because that's where his family was from. I moved in with his family and, and I left. And um, it broke my family's heart. Um, and, um, you know, which is a whole other story for a whole, whole other um, uh, time. But, but honestly, you know, they didn't want to come to the wedding. We, we talked every week. I made sure that I kept in contact with them, but it would always end in tears. And, um, and so, you know, long story short, we got married. Um, my dad didn't walk me down the, the, the aisle, you know, I'm glad he was, I'm glad he was even there. I'm surprised he was even there. And, um, and so we get married, we have these three beautiful children. We start this business, which has been our dream and like put, like spent so much time putting an effort, putting this business together. And, um, and so it opened actually a couple days after my third daughter was born and, um, and, and we opened these doors and we, we were running the business. We were living our dream finally. And within building this business and living our dream, our relationship actually fell apart. And, um, it was, my daughter was six months old. And I remember, you know, being behind the cash register and putting my hand on the back of my husband's, um, you know, back, like I put my hand on my husband's back and he was like, don't touch me. And I'm thinking, what is happening? What is going on? Right. And I couldn't figure it out. And, um, and, and that's when he was kind of like, you know what, you gotta leave. And, and I was so incredibly broken and I had found out that he was actually having an affair, um, before my littlest was born. The business kind of gave him because it was just such a desire we put everything into our businesses it was a desire to you know that was our whole passion that was our whole focus and and so he was always at the business running the business and I'm trying to you know take care of these three little kids right um and uh, and then I have the six month year old two and a half year old and four and a half year old and he was like we're done and it shattered me um you know and but it was so interesting because seven days before he was saying that we were done. I had this voice in my head and it said, if you lost everything today, would I be your foundation? And I'm thinking, what, what's this voice, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, cause, cause I believe in a God, I believe in, in something bigger. Right. And, and he said, would I still be your foundation? And I thought, yes, yes, you would. I think so. You know, and, and it, 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 like this voice kept coming over and over and over again. And on the seventh day, I got a phone call from my husband saying, we're done. I'm, I'm leaving. And I said, but, but you love me. And he's like, no, I, I don't. And I said, love is a choice. And he goes, well, then I choose not to love you. And, and, and in that moment, everything fell apart. Um, you know, I was no longer a mom. I was a single mom, right? Um, all the things that I had built up and, and all the whole identity that I had formed for myself was everything of what people had said about me, what, um, my position, you know, like our church was no longer our church. It was my church, our friends. Well, I don't know if they were our friends. I didn't know if it were my friends. Right. And, and all of a sudden, all of these things had completely come crashing down. And, um, I realized, you know, over time that if you give the people power to people to build you up, you'll give power to people to, build, to tear you down as well. And, and so I realized that my identity had to be completely built on something different than just things, just words and, um, and, and just, you know, your environment. And, and so I went on this journey and I remember sitting behind our business and it was almost to the virtue, like, like it was the hardest year, you know, we put everything into this business and, um, you know, and little did they know in about a month or two, we would have to declare bankruptcy on the business and close it down and sell all the assets. Um, but I sat behind the business on the curb and I, I, you know, cause I was so incredibly crushed. I was just like, how am I going to raise these kids? Like, 
I've done everything for the business. I've done everything for that time. And how am I supposed to raise these kids by myself? And, and I remember thinking, I did not sign up for this. I did not sign up to be a single mom. I, you know, and, and, and for someone to be able to make the decision for you, for both of you, right? Like it was just shattering. Um, and, and it destroyed my self-confidence because he's all of a sudden left me for, you know, another girl. Right. Um, and, um, you know, without responsibility, without, without all the attachments. And I was like, you know, it's just, and, and if you've ever gone through this, I'm sure you know what I was talking about. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's, yeah, it, it, it just, it just tears you apart. And so I'm sitting there on this curb and I remember looking down and seeing this piece of glass on the ground and I picked it up and I thought if I commit suicide or at least hurt myself and end up in the hospital, maybe at that point he would, he would realize that he really cares. And maybe at that point he would, he would, he would, it would, it would wake him up and it would shock him enough that he would fall back into love with me. And I had this whole dream of, of thinking. And, and so I remember, um, you know, taking that glass across my wrist and it became beginning to draw blood. Right. And, and, and I, and then I had another thought and I thought, but then what about my kids? What about my kids? Right. And, and, um, and honestly, the thing I wanted to do in that moment, the thing I wanted to be in that moment was just, go and hide people to feel sorry for myself. I didn't want to do anything. Um, I, I wanted to, people to feel sorry for myself. I wanted to make feel sorry for myself as well. Right. And, and, you know, and I, I was, I remember talking to my mom not long before that. And she said, well, Crystal, at least you have the kids. And I said, what do you mean? what do you mean I have the kids? To me, the kids seemed like a responsibility that I couldn't handle, something that I couldn't do. How was I going to support them? I've, you know, I had a daycare before them, but other than that, I never really had any income to be able to support them. How was I supposed to get a job? And um, I, you know, I went to social services and I, I was like, I need help. And they were like, we'll get a job. And I thought, how am I supposed to get a job? You know, they said, that daycare itself was $1,500 per month at the time. So this was 15 years ago. Um, you know, so daycare itself was $1,500 a month before any of my other expenses. And that was just Monday to Friday, um, you know, business hours. And I thought, what, how am I supposed to pay for that on a minimum wage job? And, and I thought like, like it just was so overwhelming. And, and so I fought with them and they're like, get a job. And I said, but I can't get a job if I know I can't pay for the daycare or pay for living or anything. And so, you know, like I had $400 a month that would come to me from the government. And, um, and I was thankful for that $400 a month. Um, but it barely paid for diapers. It paid for a box of craft dinner to eat, which, you know, um, and it, it like I had a cell phone and that was, and I I moved in with my sister. I lived with my sister and, um, and like we hardly had anything. And I, and, and so I, um, I would make one box of craft dinner and I'd feed the kids and then I'd eat whatever was left. And sometimes though that was very little. And, um, and so I remember, um, my sisters, they were like, Crystal, what's wrong with you? And I'm thinking, what? And they said, Crystal, you look sick. And I had just lost so much weight from not eating um, that it had just completely impacted my health. Um, and, and so I was just in this place of, of despair. I was in this place of, of, of like, what like, what do I do? And, and so I'm finding myself there sitting on the curb thinking, I did not sign up for this. I don't want this. And I called out to God and I said, God, you said that you make everything work together for good. What is the good in this? And, uh, and it wasn't too long after I, I got a phone call from my mom and she said, Crystal, you need a meal. You're coming over to our house. And I, I said, okay. So she picked me up cause I didn't even have, a, you know, transportation. Um, I lived in a little town of 6,000, which might not sound like much, but, um, but it was half an hour drive to my parents' place and they lived in a town of 600 people. Um, so there's, there's no other transportation. 
except if you had your own vehicle and maybe a taxi that you could call, right? So, so, and that was expensive, right? So she came and picked me up and she took my kid, me and my kids and brought me to her house and, and fed me. And, and, and I sat down with my dad and he said, Crystal, have you thought about being a power engineer? And I said, dad, what's that? And he's, and so he was, you know, so he explained to me and, and I said, how am I supposed to do that? He goes, go talk to the college tomorrow. I thought, okay, right? And, and you know, like, I remember the moment where my mom was like, Crystal, at least you have the kids, right? And I thought, but you don't get it. I have the kids. And I thought, well, at least I have hope. At least I have hope. And so I started with hope. And, um, and so I thought, okay, I have hope. I'll go and talk to the college. And so I went and talked to the college. And they said, you have nothing. Like, because I had no assets, um, you know, I think I owned a bed. <laughs> That's about it. Um, and, and some kids toys, right. And, um, and the business, but it was being, you know, it was so far gone because of everything that had, had come to, right. Um, that we ended up having to sell all the assets and, and liquidate. Um, and, um, and so the college said, if, if you sign right here, we'll actually pay, um, for you to go to school. And I thought, oh my goodness, like I, I, I've never been successful at school. I don't have a, I don't have, you know, like I barely just passed my schooling. And I thought, and now I've got this opportunity to go for school. I've said, I've got, I've got to do it. Because um, there was no other option. I didn't have any option. And so I walked through school and, um, and I remember seeing these great big boilers and if you don't know what a boiler is, that's okay. It's a big pressured vessel. Vessel. It's basically making steam. And I thought, oh my goodness, if I make the wrong move, I could blow up. Like it, I could blow this thing up. Um, and I thought, I don't know if I could do it. And I thought, no, if I, like I can do all things, right? And, and so I had this thing saying, I can do all things, but I have to believe. I have to believe. And, um, and so I had to change. And I thought, if I believe that I can like it, if I can believe that... I can like it. I can do it. I because I had no choice, and uh, and so I enroll into school. I walk in. I try to get my books, and they said, "Oh, sorry, we are all out. We don't have books. You're just going to have to go to school without them." So I walk into class, and um, sit down. Incredibly quiet. Right. Don't talk to anybody, because I, I you know, I still am that broken crystal. Right. I I I was. I was broken. I didn't have self-esteem. I didn't have any confidence. Um, I couldn't even buy gum at the store because I'd be like, excuse me, um, what gum do you like? And that's the gum I would like because I didn't have an opinion. I tend to take on the opinions of others um, because I don't know. It was just, just it, that's the place I was in. And so I thought, well, I don't have a book. So I walk quietly up to my professor and I said, excuse me, sir, I don't have a book. And he said, sit with somebody. And I thought, sit with somebody? I don't know anybody. And he goes, Crystal, you are a power engineer now. You better act like it. Choose someone and sit with them. And that hit me so hard because I realized that you have to see yourself as being that successful person. And even though you might be screaming inside and you might be so scared to take your next step and you might be so scared to be, to, to go, to dream, to fulfill your visions. If you don't believe and begin to see yourself as that person that you want, you'll never get to where you're at. And so I sat down with somebody, I shared a book with them and, you know, and, and, you know, that was such a condensed version of my story um, because, you know, there's so many different stories, you know, I, but honestly, I, I, that from that day on, I, um, the next day was different. I was like, I'm going to change. I'm going to surround myself with something different. And if it's habit insanity, if I do the, you know, the definition of insanity is, is you do the exact same thing over and over and over again, and you expect different results. That's insanity. Um, and, and it's, it's doing something different. And, and so I thought, okay, right. So I had to walk my kids to, um, call uh, to the babysitters and then I'd have to run back to, um, to school. And so it was like minus 40. And for those people who don't know, um, minus 40 degrees Celsius is minus 40 degrees Fahrenheit. So it, it gets cold here in Canada. 
Um, and, um, and so it's minus 40 degrees, you know, and it's blowing and it's, it's cold. And, um, we had to walk, you know, um, probably three quarters of a, a mile. Um, and, and like, so I've got my two kids in a sled pulling the behind me, one screaming, crying, and he's mad. And, and he's like, put me down. And I was like, well, what do I do? So I throw him in a snowbank and I pick him up and I keep dragging him back off to school. And, you know, and, and this was a daily occurrence and people are seeing me dragging and taking my kids, you know, to daycare and, and then running and sprinting to get back into school in time, because if I'm not there before the bell rings, the door gets shut. And I can't get into class. And, and so I began changing what I, what was surrounding me, right? And so I thought, okay, well, I need to do something different. And so I walk into class and I was like, good morning. Oh, good morning, Eric. Oh, good morning, George. Oh, how are you today? And that was the hardest thing I could do. One of the hardest things I could do because that was completely opposite to everything I knew. And, um, and then people were saying like, who is this person? We mm-hmm. see her dragging her kids to daycare. And then she is extremely happy and excited and, and saying good morning to us. Like, who is this? And, and so people were, were, just, were just like, okay, where is this coming from? Um, and, um, and so honestly, I was so tired because I... I wasn't smart, right? I told you that, but I knew that if I read the books enough, if I studied hard enough, if I did the work, I had to succeed. And so that's what I did. I made up for effort where I lacked in knowledge and I worked hard. And so I would be up till two o'clock in the morning and three o'clock in the morning every night. And then we'd be up, I'd get a two, three hours sleep and I'd be up again at six o'clock. And so I was exhausted. And so I would sit in class and then that 15 minute break, I was like, I've got to wake up. And so I developed this habit of getting into the hallways and I would do cartwheels and flips in the, in the, in the hallways. And people are like, who are you? And I thought at this point, I can't, I can't be concerned about what people are going to think because it was life or death. Like it was, it was like, okay, I can either die trying, you know, like, or I can live living. And and I just really had to, you know, I had to flip the switch. I had to change um, how I saw life. I had to change what I focused on. I had to change um, of how I did life because if I didn't do those active things throughout the, the breaks, I'd be falling asleep in class. Um, and, um, and, and it got harder. Um, as I got less sleep, it got harder. Um, and, um, and that morning that I dragged my son to school, you know, um, I would get phone calls from his, or to the daycare and I'd get phone calls from his school every day with lists of things saying that, do you know what your son did today? Well, he tried to cut a little girl's fingers with scissors and, you know, and I'd get lists of things of what he did because they were hurting too. And how do you help somebody that's hurting? How do you help someone that's hurting when you're hurting yourself? and and you know and I thought I can't deal with this right like the school was so mad and I'm like what am I supposed to do I can't even deal with the the minor like the small things at home nevertheless to deal with all of these things from school and from from um you know all of these different things that are coming against me in so many ways because you know with their dad leaving it hurt them too. And that moment that their dad left, the smallest things would put my kids into um, disarray. And, and um, you know, I'm glad they didn't know how to swear, um, but they knew how to spit and they knew how to kick and they knew how to hit and, and it tore me apart. Um, and, um, and so I thought, okay, what can I do? Like, why is this? And I wrestled with the fact like that, why was it? that my husband of six years, why was it that he could just up and leave? And I thought, like, I, I, I struggled with that. And I thought, you know what? It's from a state of unthankfulness, of being familiar, like it like stop be, being so familiar with what you are in right now that you forget to be thankful for the small things, for the things around you, for what you 
just, you know, having a bed, having hope, having, um, you know, a warm house or, or a meal or whatever it is. Like sometimes we have to start small. Um, and, and it's, there's power in small starts and in small beginnings. And so when I realized that I began to have this thankful game with my kids and, you know, they were one years old, three-year-old and five-year-old and we're, and, and I'm in school. And, um, and, and so it's amazing how much kids can pick up even at one years old. And so when they started getting in trouble, I said, you know what, you're going to have a timeout. And I didn't do the things that normal people would do. You know, like, they're like, you're going to, you're three, you're having a three minute timeout. You're sitting in that chair. I actually told them you're sitting in that chair until you can give me three things you're thankful for. And they're like, I'm like, okay, well then they're just going to have to sit there. And the moment that they began to think about what they're thankful for and the moment that they began to change their focus is the exact moment that their, their countenance changed, their countenance changed. And, you know, I've got, I'm a mom of five kids. Um, and so now my kids are, oh boy, okay, 19, 17, and 15. And then my youngest is fifth, uh, sorry, five years old and three. And, and so I started this thankful game. We do it absolutely every single night and every single day. And even, you know, the, the, you know, even when they're one, they can point. I'm thankful for mom. I'm thankful for dad. I'm thankful for this cup or this chair or whatever. And then it's amazing the things that they can come up with um, and um, try it. And as you begin to develop it, you begin to, to expand and, and it becomes more. Um, and so, so yeah, that, that's my story. And so now I've started a business and I absolutely love, love helping people. And um, I've, I've been in business for about five years now, um, which is bizarre because I vowed when that business shut down um, 15 years ago, I vowed that it is easier to trade time for money and I will never be in business again. And, and so that's why I went back to school and it, it proved me that I can do the hard things. Um, and I want to inspire people that they can do the hard things too. Um, but it also, it, it also, I came back to business, right? There is power in helping people. Um, that is my passion. Um, and it's been stemmed and ingrained and it's been my destiny from, from, I think something from when I was little. Um, and to, if, to finish that, that story a little bit of the, you know, like pulling my kid into, into that daycare. And I, I remember getting back to, um, to the class. And by the time I got there, I could barely move. My muscles were completely seizing up from lack of sleep lack of, you know, and just all the stress. And, um, and I, I barely made it to my class. I was in tears by the time I made it to my professor's office. And I said, I just can't do this. And, and I was in so much incredible pain that my muscles just seized right up and it was just lack of sleep. And, um, and so it was, it was a process. It was a process of pain. It was a process of developing. Um, and it's not going to be easy, but it will have the best, most awesome, most incredible payoff than anything else. Um, <laughs> Such a story. You know, if someone, someone complaining of their situation, they should listen to your story. You know, that's... Um, I couldn't imagine, you know, because I know how does it feel like to run in the winter time because I'm in Indonesia, like we are, we don't, we don't have winter, but when I went to my husband's country in Estonia, they have like this minus 28 degree Celsius. And then once I forget my bag and then I was like running, I know how does it feel like really, really cold. And when you say that you were like, you know, basically bring three kids, three toddlers, and then you have to run. This is every day, basically how many times it's, I can feel like really the pain and everything, but wow, really amazing. Like how you can still be here and then not give up. 
wow, crystal, really <laughs> amazing. So, like you know, I, I write down this um a lot of questions for you because I can't just wait to interview you. I was um thinking to ask you like, how can we flip this kind of feeling if someone have this kind of feeling like you know they are not success right now and then you know they have the self doubt and how to make them believe that you know you can be successful okay well for that i'm going to change my camera around because i had to stump my story um because i get really emotional um it, it's still it's still there right it's still a part of you um and um you know but honestly i'm in my bedroom i'm in my daughter's room okay i gotta show you this i'm in my daughter's room right now and i'm just looking around and i thought this is so interesting um and uh she has this thing here is it backwards for you wow no it's it's good you can read okay it says what can be shaken will be shaken so that only what can't be shaken will remain wow and So this is my 15 year old and I never even knew she wrote it. Honestly, I, um, we've got five, well, we've got four kids living in the house still. Um, and so every bed, bedroom's taken. So I've taken her room to do this video so that my turn three-year-old doesn't part you. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I turned to see that and I thought, wow, like there's so much truth in that. And that's exactly what, you know, what I'm talking about, right? Like, like if it, it with you, Put your foundation on something that's secure, that no one can break. If you give people the power to build you up, you give people the power to tear you down. And so what can be shaken will be shaken, but what can't be shaken will remain. Um, and so that's, that's just so amazing, so incredible. Okay, so, so I wanted to do a little bit of an illustration here because um, there's so many steps to, to flipping your thinking. Um, and, and so that's kind of what I want to talk about is, um, you know, those two sides of coin, right. Um, there's faith and there's doubt. And so, um, so we're gonna, we're gonna draw my fabulous stick man. I am not an artist. <laughs> and, um, we're gonna have this fact, right? So, so there's going to be a fact, right? There's going to be something that, that, that either takes you off kilter, right? There's going to be something, you know, you're going to have life events, right? So you're going to have this fact and with it, you're going to, can you see that? Okay. Yes. It's very good. Okay. Very good. okay so in with that, you're going to create a belief, right? So the fact creates a belief. So that belief could be, um, disappointment, that belief could be, um, anticipation, that could belief could be, you know, whatever it is, right. But, but that belief that you create is actually framing your fact, right? So when you have that fact, right. Cause you could say, well, it was my disappointment. It was my, um, okay. I'm going to, you know, it's, it's, why I'm depressed, the, that fact that I have, that's why I'm depressed. You could blame it on your circumstance, but it's whatever you frame that fact with is how you're going to see your belief. So this is your focus, right? Yes. Okay. And so when you put that focus around that fact, it, it puts a focus in your head, right? And so um, you could focus that with Thanksgiving, right? You can focus that with unbelief. You can focus that with doubt, right? Because belief is a two-sided coin. You can have heads would be faith or tails would be doubt. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right? And so you determine what you're going to do, right? So if you've got faith, faith will create anticipation. Okay, so faith creates anticipation. So when you think about what anticipation is, it's actually borrowing the um, and gaining energy from the desired outcome 
and taking that into your life now. And so you're getting energy from your, from your vision, right? Without vision, people perish. Without that, that um, place of where you want to go, you'll, you'll die. Um, right. And so you're, you're, you have faith creates anticipation. So you're gaining energy. You're bringing energy from the future into your present to, um, to where you're going next or, or doubt will create anxiety. Right. Mm -hmm. So anxiety is actually wasting your energy with what you are, you know, you're wasting your energy that you have now with unbelief, right? And with the, the not desired outcome. Okay. Does that make sense so far? Yes. All right. So fear is actually different than anxiety. So fear is if I'm, if I have a, a lion chasing me, I'm going to run. Right. And so that's fear. And that's a healthy fear. That's what we that's why we have fear, but anxiety is actually an imagined. Um, it's a an imagined reality, right? Like it's it's um, an imagined danger. It's not real danger, and so that's fear. So um, anxiety is the imagined fear or imagined danger, and then fear is the reality danger, right? Um, so, so if you think about something like procrastination, procrastination is actually a symptom of anxiety mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because, you know, and, and, I, and this is one thing that I was just like, oh my goodness. And if you want to see some more teaching on this, this actually comes from Myron Golden, because I do want to give him credit, but it tied my whole story together. And all of a sudden I understood parts of what I had been learning all along. Um, and so procrastination is the symptom of reality. It's actually the focus, right? Because you are so concerned or so you think that whatever you are going to do, you have anxiety over the outcome, right? It You have procrastination. If you think that it, it is a going to be a desired income, well, then you're going to do it, right? So, um, so it's the focus in your head that creates the feeling in your heart, okay? So we've got this heart, right? So the focus in your head creates the feeling in your heart. And what you don't know that is if you can get someone to feel something, that you can make them, they, they'll make any decision that you want, right? So, so because feeling actually directs Let's see, let me see, make sure, and I'm wondering, I wanna make sure that I'm on track here because I don't wanna confuse you. Um, but feeling is, um, you make decisions on feeling. And, and even, um, um, Sylvia, you would know that if you want to get someone to buy from you, they, they, they buy from you because they feel it first, but then they justify it in their head later. Mm -hmm. Yes. The right. Emotion. Yeah. And so if you have that um, anxiety, like if, if someone calls you and, and, and it's trying to sell you something, and if you have that, that neck feeling, oh, trying to sell me something again, that will actually transfer to the feeling when you're trying to sell something to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So it's that whole feeling together, right? Um, and uh, so the focus in his head creates the feeling in his heart and the feeling in his heart actually creates function in his hands. Okay. Or her hands, I should say. Right. So then if this function, right, if you create the feeling and this function is um, anxiety and the feelings, anxiety, you're actually going to, um, if it's anxiety, it's going to actually paralyze you and you won't be able to do any actions. But if it is anticipation, you're going to borrow that anticipation from the future and you're going to apply it to your life and it will actually cause you to act and to act on what you're going to do. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, um, and so I want to show you... I'm going to make sure I've got my notes. So how does this actually apply to my story? So I want to kind of go through it. 
um, to help you understand it a little bit deeper, right? So my fact, right? My fact is that my husband left, right? He was gone. I had to be a single mom. And initially I was really upset because I, my focus was how was I supposed to take care of these kids by myself? How am I supposed to, um, support them. How am I supposed to do that? Right? Like I didn't sign up for this. And so that was my focus and it created anxiety and it created depression and it created all of these terrible feelings, right? Which have caused me to want to do nothing. Right. And, and, and so then all of a sudden I began to focus on the thankful. I began to start creating that feeling of anticipation. You know, what would I want my kids to do when I, if, if they were in my situation, what would I want them to do? Where I want them to be feeling sorry for themselves on the curb, trying to thinking about committing suicide, or would I want them to be somebody bigger um, and and you know go go to a new level, right? Um, and and so creating that why, creating that like anticipation, and figuring out what is that that drives you to that anticipation, that vision, that like that that thing that just gets you fired right up that wants you to act that wants you to take action that wants to wants you to be like I need this right what is that um because feeling is the reason why we do anything and if you have these symptoms and these problems right get to the feeling figure out okay how can I change my feeling and that's by changing the focus and if you change the focus and how you frame that fact then all of a sudden you can be that person and do that person or like, like, yeah, because you become that person and then you have that success that you want, right? Because you have to, first of all, be, to be successful, you need to become that person, right? And then you're, and, and unfortunately becoming that person takes a little time. It takes a lot of mindset. It takes a lot of vision, like imagining yourself that person, becoming that person. But then when you become that person, you do what you need to do. And then you have what you want. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So, um, so the focus in his head creates a feeling in his heart, creates function in the hands. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, I, um, can I tell you a story? Please. <laughs> I, I know, Sylvia, that you have heard this story because we've been in part of the same coaching together because I, I love, like, I, I think it's so incredibly important to have a coach and, um, and it's so important to have a coach and um, Sylvia is amazing. So get to know her anyway. <laughs> so, um, so this is about a tree, right? Because I believe that everybody has so much potential. And um, you have a gift, right? We're not meant to live for the mundane, you know, for live for every day, Um, just the same thing every day, right? Um, And so, unfortunately, a lot of the times you have to go down to to give up, right? Like in my situation, I had to, I had to go through these hard times to learn what I had to become the person and to enjoy life like I have now. Like I've never been so passionate about life than I am now. Um, and I have never enjoyed life like I am now. Um, and, um, you know, the other night I was dancing around my kitchen and my husband thought I was a nut, but my daughters joined in and they began dancing. <laughs> you know, it's just about enjoying life and having fun in life, living life to the moment. And so when you have a seed and you plant that seed, the very first thing that has to happen with that seed, it has to die. And if, if that seed does not die to itself and that does not die to its past of being its seed, it has to be able to envision itself as a tree. And if that um, professor did not tell me, Crystal, you are a power engineer now, you know, you are a business owner now, you know, whatever it is for you, if, if, if that did not happen, you'll never become it. Yeah. Right. And so, so that, that seed ceased to be a, tr- a seed and it became a tree and it became, it grew and it grew huge and it grew with huge branches. And then there was these birds that flew over top of the tree and they said, honey, 
And there was, you know, like, like two birds, husband and wife, and they're flying over this tree and they're saying, hey, do you want to start a family? And they get so excited about starting a family. So they begin to build this nest in this tree and they lay these eggs and they hatch these eggs and they nurture these eggs and this, this, they have these little birds and they're feeding these birds. And the little bird says to, to its mommy, says, mommy, mommy, I want to fly. I want to fly just like you. And 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 she's like, well, it's just not yet, honey. It's not your turn to fly yet. And and so the next day, the mommy comes in, and the mommy and the baby bird says, I want to fly, mom. I just want to fly, just like you. And she says, but but it's not time yet. And so then the next day comes, and again she says, okay, okay, okay. Well, I'm, it's time. I will teach you how to fly. And so the mother bird is so excited. It's so excited, and it gets so excited, and it crawls onto mom's back and it begins to soar over the trees and over the mountains and over the, the, the waters and and it's saying whoa I can fly and it's getting so excited and it's like wow I can fly I am so excited this is the top of the world this is what I've been designed to do and all of a sudden the mom flips over sideways and the baby begins to fall and the baby begins to fall and he starts screaming and he's saying, mom, mom, help me. You have to help me. I'm falling. And, and he's panicking and he's like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing. And so then the mom swoops down and catches the baby bird on its back and brings it back to the nest. And he says, mommy, don't ever do that to me again. I can't do that. I can't do that. I don't want to ever do that again. And all of a sudden he begins having fear and anxiety and and he's like, I failed. And, and, you know, and so, um, and so he's like, I don't know if I can do that again, because when you fail, sometimes it does something to you. Right. And, but, but the thing is, is before you succeed, you have to fail or you just have to fail. And, and, and so he began to learn something when he fell, right. Mom was there to catch him. Mom was there to help him. And that's what a coach does. A coach helps you and catches you and guides you because they've been, they've been through before. They see your pitfalls. And, and so the next day they said, okay, baby, it's time to fly. And he goes, no, 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 no. I make my comfort nest. I'm not going anywhere. I do not want to go anywhere. I am just here. And she goes, no, 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 baby, it's time to fly. And so she makes the baby get back on her, her back. And again, they soar over the mountain. And this time it might be a little bit different, right? They're scared, right? Just like when I, you know, vowed that I was never going to have a business again. And, but, but it was that calling that I was meant for something more. I was meant for something greater. I'm not meant to just sit, you know, do my nine to five job and then come home and watch TV and then go through the whole thing over and over again every day. That's not what's going to make me feel like I have succeeded in life. When I'm on my deathbed, I don't want to be full of regrets and fear. I want to say that I did everything I did and I did not hold let hear fear hold me back and so that bird gets that baby bird gets back onto mom's back and again she flips over sideways and that baby begins to fall but this time the wind catches his wings and it catches the one wing and it catches the next wing and it begins to soar over the everything that it has been designed to do, everything that it's been designed to fulfill. And it creates this compassion and this excitement because you will never be and never feel as, as excited and as passionate and enjoy life to the fullest until you have actually created and, and, and lived in the exact thing that you created to be. And, and so that's my passion is to create that for people, um, to, to take what they know and get paid for what they know, because everybody's been through an experience, to teach somebody and, and have less pitfalls, you know, teach them so that they can learn from somebody else's experience, then have the pain. You know, like when I go back to that moment, there was a lot of pain in that moment of in like four years of, of just making it through, doing the work, becoming that person that I needed to be. There was a lot of pain and, and I had to get out of my comfort zone to do it. And, you know, feel the fear, but do it anyway, because you'll be most fulfilled when you get there. 
And, and it's uh, the process of becoming that person that you've been met and set out to become. And one thing I'm going to add to this is 100% of the birds fly. But I only see a couple percentage of people fulfilling their destiny. Um, and so let, let's change that. And that's why I've decided to teach people to create courses because it's that ripple effect. How many people can we reach? How many people can we impact? Um, and so I've called my business the greater impact because I'm meant for greater. You're meant for greater. We're all meant for greater. And, um, and I want to make an impact and I want to see you make an impact. And I love hearing the stories and, and that dream of, of, you know, having somebody call me and say, Hey, I made $10,000 this month. You have completely transformed my life. I'm able to stay home with my kids, with my family and not miss out on their lives. I'm a power engineer. I work a ton of shift work. I do 15 hour days. I um, have five kids. <laughs> um, so I work 15 hours. I come home, spend time with my kids, sleep a little bit and go back to work. Um, and um, I do have some days off too, but um, honestly, um, sometimes when you, I, I haven't been ready to give up my day job yet. Um, you know, but sometimes that work is, is in the process to where you're going. And, um, and, and so, how was that? <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's yeah. really, really powerful. So, you know, I would love to ask you, if you can go back in time, what will you say to the younger version of you? Oh my goodness, the biggest impact that has made on my, my life has definitely been changing the spring. How I look at things, how I look at life. Um, you know, I don't know if you know the story of the Bible, right? But there's a story in the Bible that talks about, because a lot of my, my philosophies come from the Bible. And there's a story in the Bible that talks about, you know, how we're, they're in this wilderness, right? And they're being fed by manna, which was pretty much like, rained food, which, which is, a, you know, an incredible story in itself, but it actually stopped raining manna because they had, it had to push them on to something great. It had to push them on to get them to go to the next level. And, and I had a friend that asked me yesterday, you know, because, um, I was at work yesterday mm -hmm. and my boss was being a little bit of a jerk. <laughs> he wasn't, you know, cause we're working for these people and they might not be the best people to work for. Um, and, um, and so I was kind of sharing this with my, my friend and, and he said, well, that's terrible. And I said, no, that's great. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, that makes me want to succeed even more because I look forward to the day that I say, I'm ready to quit. And he says, okay, well, I've never thought of it that way. Right. And it's, it's that frame you put on everything that you go through, you know, um, you know, if somebody's having a bad day and they tell you off, you don't know what they're going through. Maybe they reframed it the wrong way, but you can reframe it the way because you control yourself. And, and if you realize that you control yourself, but you can't control everybody else. I want to walk into a room and I want to be the one to raise that level of that room, right? And, and raise the anticipation in that room. And I refuse to let me go down to their level anymore because you think of tuning forks, right? And you hit a tuning fork and if they're two different tunes, you bring them together, they'll, they'll sing in harmony and they will actually, um, they'll actually feed off each other. Right? And that's the same thing with human beings. You walk into a room, you, if you're depressed, you'll find that one person that's depressed in that room. Mm -hmm. If you are excited, if you are excited about life, you will find that person that's excited about life. But do you want to be the person to raise the room and to get people excited and get that passion and like stir it up in them? Or are you wanting to be that person that 
just is like, oh, I'm so sorry for your day. Yeah, I'm sorry for your day, but you know what? Let me make it better. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I really love to spend time with you. So uh, this is will be uh, a lot of questions from mom and wife. How can you manage like becoming mother, wife, and then still a successful entrepreneur? How can well, you manage your time? I have to be very watchful of my time. I'm very, very particular about where I spend my time and what I let in through my mind gate because everything that goes through your mind, you can choose whether you hang on to it or let it go mm-hmm. or replace it with something different. And, and so I'm very conscious about every moment of my everyday because I have to be. Um, you know, I've got five kids. I make sure that I spend time with each of them. I make sure that I'm always growing. I'm always, um, leading, like, like I'm always learning and I'm always, um, encouraging my kids. And I'm like, guess what I learned today? Guess what I learned today? Guess what I learned today? Right. And, and that's where these things come in. Right. Um, I'll get this to this maybe in a bit, but okay. I'll, I'll show you this, this here is, and I, I'm, interested to see that this is framed my daughter framed it and she put it in here I had this above my kids um beds every night when before they go to bed and it's called the I am list and I've developed it over many years and it's talking about um it's it's every answer that every challenge that you could come against if you know who you are you know the answer to to who you become. And so, so you always have to be intentional about your times. If I've got 15 minutes, I'm going to pick up, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to reframe my mind. I'm going to, you know, invest in my kids. And if I can multi-use my time, like drive and learn at the same time, if I can be with my kids and learn at the same time, if I can, you know, do multiple things at once, I try to do that. Right. And just be very intentional about like what you do. And, and it, it's a process. It's all a process. It takes time. Um, and it's like, whoa, where did that thought come from? Um, one of the things that I did going through this process, I had a little book and it was about this big and I wrote key verses on it. And this is how I started. I wrote key verses on it. I am able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that I could ask or imagine. Right. Um, I am more than a conqueror, right? I can do hard things. I am able, right? And that's where, you know, like this list, I don't know if you want me to read it to you or if you want me to attach it, maybe I'll I'll get it to to you somehow. But this says, you know, like God says that he has a plan for me to do good, not evil, to give me a hope and a future, right? What God says about me is eternal and it won't change. It will reveal my true identity. It will pull me beyond all circumstances and introduce me to the real me. And you are who you tell yourself you are. Yes. Um, and, um, you know, and so this is, it goes through the alphabet, right? Here's A's. I am accepted, able, above, not beneath, adopted, alive, the apple in God's eye. I am anointed. Um, and it talks about being beautifully and wonderfully made, right? We don't have to beat ourselves up. You know, we have been created and each one of us are created so beautiful um because you know what we try our whole life to fit in and be like everybody else but we have not been created to be like everybody else and so then it's kind of bizarre how we try our whole life to be like everybody else and then we become an entrepreneur and we're trying to be somebody different um you know i don't know what you believe sylvia but um, the very first thing that the Bible says is that we're creative, but when he created us, he said, we're made in his image. So we're creative too. And that's one of the things that lately I've had to wrap my head around because I've tried to be like everybody else all my life. How can I be creative and be me and be different? And, and the thing is, is we look at everybody else, we see all of their gifts and all of them like, wow, I wish I could be like that person. But we don't look at ourselves because we, it's normal to us. It's familiar to us. 
So when we look at ourselves, we're, we're saying, well, you know, we don't measure up to our inner voice. And so we're comparing ourselves to our inner voice. But other people are looking at us and saying, wow, this person, but they never say it. Right. And so that's why it's so incredibly important to find people that are like-minded, like, like Sylvia, you know, and talking to each other in, you know, in things like this and saying, wow, Sylvia, you are really good at connecting with people. Um, because you are like Sylvia connected with me, you know, we've been part of this course together. It's been incredible. You know, she sees things that other people don't, but you will see things in, in other people that you won't see in yourself. And so, you know, like iron sharpens iron, you will sharpen each other. Yes. And, and, and so it's that growing bigger, it's growing learning. And as you learn, you, you open yourself up to whole new possibilities and, and life, life's exciting. So did I answer that question? <laughs> well, <laughs> did I say wow all the time? <laughs> Crystal, tell me what the one thing that you teach your daughter, you know, to live the life like differently, basically like, you know, they live better life than you? Well, I love that they're starting from a different frame point, a frame of different, you know, like they're starting from my experiences. Like I went to college at 25, right? I was only 25 when I had to went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I was married when I was 18, right? So, um, so they're, they've grown up into me always being like, okay, you know what? You're upset. You can stay upset for a moment, but you got to snap out of it, right? And it's like, okay, take that moment, be upset. But okay, now what are you thankful for? Um, You know, when COVID hit, my daughter was so upset and she was in tears and she was so incredibly upset. And I said, well, think about this for a minute. I said, yes, we are upset about what happened in the world. I said, but think about relationships. How much is this going to impact relationships? Um, and how important are they going to become once everything gets back to normal? And we're already seeing that, right? All of a sudden, things that have been material, um, all of these just things, they're just things. They can be taken away at a moment's notice, right? But, but really, the relationships, the, the, um, the things that really matter in life, that's what's really being like, like that quote. That's the things that are shaken, right? We'll just fall apart. But mm-hmm. the things that there are those things that are fundamental that just will remain. Mm-hmm. Yes. <sighs> well, yeah. Because um, I also like I we do meditating like together with the kids every morning and night. That's like, awesome. Like yeah, they really have the different mindset with the <laughs> like surround like the the same age like my five-year-old they can come up with this kind of thing that they they see things really differently when you teach them how to appreciate and you know be grateful (laughs) so it's very very important (laughs) so yeah can I say something about that for a minute I love that you meditate with the kids because I've done that with my kids too um and being like where do I go right but it's that creating that vision um, and if you don't have that vision, you know, part of you dies. Um, mm-hmm. It really does. And um, and so I love that. So get good at dreaming. Get good at imagination. It's, it's awesome. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's, um, I think we all learned so much today. Like got so much value from you. If like all these extraordinary women that hear us today, they wanna, you know, learn more from you or work together with you, how can they find you? All right, so I am at greaterimpact.net. Um, and I don't know at what point this is going to go live, but it's in the force of the process of being built. So it will be there. And um, I am just so incredibly excited. Um, you know, I I I have a dream to impact the world. Um, and um, I would love to be able to just, just see the people 
that I connect with light up. Um, and, um, and, and to me, that's so exciting. So, um, Facebook, I guess I should mention Facebook, Facebook, um, I'm at Crystal Peregrine, um, and, um, yeah. Yeah, I will write down all the uh, crystals information after this interview. And then also like uh, in the link, I will put her everything, her bio and her work and everything that you want to know. And uh, also her Facebook link and everything. So yeah, make sure if you are having the same struggle that she has been there and then you know that Crystal can help you, please just connect with her and then just share your struggle. And then I believe that she will find a way to make you can give like, you know, the greater impact to the world. <laughs> so thank you so much, Crystal. Thank you so much for, you know, basically taking your time to talk to us and then give all this uh, value today. So hope to see you again. And then, you know, let's, um, Keep each other uh, accountability. <laughs> Thank you so much. Have an awesome, incredible day. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we'll talk. Yeah, bye bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Unlock Your Best Version podcast. Have a wonderful day and whatever happened, remember to smile because everything happens for us for a great reason. Connect with me through my Facebook page, Sylvia Astuti Gunawan. And if you love to read, you can check my blog, sylvia-astutigunawan.medium.com and surround yourself with positive people and share the love and only love. Bye-bye.